Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast and dropping by to preview the Cougs and the NCAA attorney are the host of the Scott and Holman podcast, Sam Raz and Dustin Rensing. This has got to be your favorite week of the year, guys, right? It really is. I mean, I've, I've been a, a big college basketball fan my entire life. And until recently, I just kind of assumed that uh, the school I went to was never going to uh, really be a serious participant uh, in said tournament in my lifetime. And that is uh, very much went in the opposite direction. So very exciting times. Uh, March, even more so than usual, my favorite month of the year. Yeah, it's been a great five years for Justin and I, because like you said, we've both always been pretty big college basketball fans, but just kind of assumed the uh, whole being a U of H basketball fan and being a fan of March Madness who never intersect. And they've uh, intersected uh, quite memorably here the last five years. For those watching on YouTube, look behind me. You can see Guy V, a uh, little program that I picked up in 19 or no, it was 2003. It was, uh, I think it was the night they honored uh, Guy V uh, sort of late in his life. So that was very cool. I also, I think I got a Guy V bobblehead. I have since given away to, one of my friends, a big U of H fan. Uh, it's been a while since I've had both of you together on these shows, so I'm fired up about that, but I'm also fired up in a bad way because I don't understand why none of the power rankings matter in seeding the tournament. The Cougars fourth in the Ken Palm, eighth in RPI. They're 15th in the AP and coaches poll, but they're seated like, they're 17 to 20 instead. I just don't get what the point of the RPI is. What's happened here? Yeah, I think some of that is, you know, I'm not exactly sure what the R- all goes into the RPI, but I mean, certainly with like the Ken Palm, I think Ken Palm is a, a predictive ranking. And, you know, to be fair, you know, I, I, I think that what you should do as, as the tournament committee would be to rank the team's resumes, not to predict who's going to win, but to actually rank your actual body of work. And I, I think that there are some fair criticisms of Houston's body of work as it pertains to who are the, the you know, the high-level wins that they, 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 do or, they do or don't have. And, I mean, really every game should count. And, you know, beating, you know, as Houston has, they've beaten the teams in front of them. They've thoroughly dismantled some pretty good teams. Um, but they just don't have those, those high, you know, super high-ranking, uh, you know, opponents that they've beaten that really, you know, excite people. And I mean, like I said, great resume anyway. You know, they haven't lost any bad teams. They've beaten some good teams. Like I said, beaten some teams like Virginia and Oregon and, and Butler and some good, decent teams in uh, the American Athletic Conference uh, pretty decisively. Um, but, you know, that is what it is. You know, and unfortunately, it's something that Houston probably only really has to maybe be concerned with uh, for one more season because uh, in the very near future, going to have no shortage of uh, very high profile wins uh, available to you on a regular basis thanks to the, uh, the conference change. And I would just add, it's it's by no fault of Kelvin Sampson that none of U of H's 29 wins seem to register as really strong quality wins to, you know, a lot of basketball punditry because, I mean, you got Virginia on the schedule up until this year. Virginia was one of the most consistent uh, powers in the sport. You, you know, booked yourself a ticket to the Maui Invitational, which usually reliably will get you at least two NCAA tournament opponents. And, you know, Oklahoma State before they got their postseason ban. I thought Kelvin Sampson, it was actually something we talked about in the preseason. We thought it, you know, augured well, you know, to that even losing Jerome and Grimes, that this would still be a good team, that Sampson put together what we thought was a pretty ambitious schedule. And I think just 
by no fault of Kelvin Sampson, U of H administration's plans, it didn't work out exactly that way. I guess I would say, though, it feels like not just the Cougars, but a lot of teams in this tournament are sort of, they're given their seating based on their NBA potential instead of what they are as an actual college basketball team. And I feel like maybe the Cougs are getting downgraded because, oh, Tremont Mark isn't there and they lost Sasser and they don't have the guys that we expect. And so they can't be for real, right? You know, they've just basically stomped most everybody until Memphis. They had some really close losses against some really good teams. One of them in a tournament where they were in Hawaii and they're playing you know, games right on top of each other in another time zone that's far, far away. So when you look at, you know, losing to Memphis a couple of times, Memphis, one of the hottest teams in the country right now over the last month, month and a half, and then they stomp them at the end of the tournament. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting frustrated for nothing, but that's, that's what, that's, that's kind of where I'm at now, Dustin, you're smiling. So what do you think? No, I mean, it's, I understand. It's, it's, it's one of those like great problems to have, right? Like we talked about, it was a few years ago was, man, I just love to get into the tournament at some point ever, please. And now it's like, yeah, we might be a little bit underseated as a five. It's like champagne problems. You can't really, you can't really get too mad about them because uh, when you're complaining about, oh man, maybe we should have been a little bit better than a five seed, which I think maybe Houston should have been a little bit better than a five seed. Um, but, you know, good, good problems to have, I guess. Sam, what do you think of their bracket? I mean, where do you think uh, they are as far as the the bigger field and and how they're, they this thing could play out? I don't think it sets up bad. I, I mean, I think UAB is going to be a challenging opponent. I mean, the five the five twelve game is it's it's almost become old a hat at this point to say like the five twelve game, you know, is a game that sets up for a mid major opponent that won a bunch of games this year to beat a more highly ranked opponent. And I mean, UAB won a bunch of games this year. UAB is UAB in a lot of ways feels like a team that really closely resembles that mid-major team that makes, you know, kind of a surprise Sweet 16 run. And you have a potential opponent, even if you get past UAB and Chattanooga, that seems to check a lot of the same boxes of, you know, really highly successful mid-major that, you know, has potential to make a run into the second weekend of the dance. I think Illinois is an interesting parallel too. I mean, if you look at teams that, you know, spent most of the year in the top 15, top 25, that, lost a lot of, you know, a lot of game starts to injuries. I mean, basically the top of your list is going to be Illinois and Houston. It's sort of as, you know, a mirror image thing. At the beginning of the year, Illinois didn't have their dynamic guard, Andre Cabello. At the beginning of the year, the Cougars had Tremont Mark and Marcus Sasser, but obviously for the 2022 calendar year and the duration of conference play didn't. So I think just in that immediate little, you know, little spot the Cougars are in right now, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a really interesting potential uh, first weekend here with, you know, Illinois and Chattanooga both presenting interesting, you know, future matchups, UAB obviously presenting a good deal of challenges, even before you get to that hypothetical uh, Illinois and Chattanooga uh, potential opponent there. What do you guys know about UAB? I'll start with you, Dustin, because all I know is I saw they have a guy named Tony Tony, which is what I was going to name my eighties band. So that's, that's all I know right now. Yeah, they're they're a good team. They're a team that I watched a couple of their games as they were playing real well in Conference USA at the end of the year. Really high-scoring team. One of the better offensive teams I think that Houston has actually faced uh, all year. They're led by Jordan Jelly Walker, a diminutive guard who can really uh, put it in the bucket. He scores about 20 points a game. Um, but they've got a couple other guys that can score as well. One of the best 
three-point shooting percentage teams. They shoot about 38% uh, from beyond the arc. Houston, one of the best three-point defense teams in the country. So I think that's, you know, one of the big X factors that you circle right there is which team's strength kind of uh, wins out in that strength versus strength matchup. And they've got a big seven-foot shot blocker in the middle. They've got a uh, a guy in K.J. Buffin at their four who's, uh, you know, got multiple years starting experience in the SEC. So I think they've got some capable guys that can uh, can even guard Houston's bigs, uh, you know, kind of like Houston, very short dem, uh, very short bench, and uh, you know maybe some uh, some drop off when you go to the bench. So I think it's gonna be one of those games where you know which team is in more foul trouble could uh, really end up being a a big factor because uh, neither of these teams you know want to get too too many from many too many minutes from their bench. Definitely uh, both teams that are really really happy with their starting five. I think so. It is uh, you know. 12-5 is always a tricky matchup. You're going to get a pretty good team, and that's who uh, who, who Houston has in uh, UAB. All right. I want to ask you, Sam, because UAB's coach, Andy Kennedy, was the head coach at Ole Miss for 12 years. He had nine 20-win seasons and won a total of one NCAA tournament game. Is there anything that concerns you about this UAB team as we go into this game? Oh, yeah, a fair amount. I think Dustin touched on most of it player-wise, but I'm glad you mentioned Andy Kennedy because if you had just thrown to me asking, you know, you know, what could I add here, that would have been my first point that, you know, Andy Kennedy, yeah, the NCAA experience at Ole Miss is light, but the fact that he got nine 20-win seasons at Ole Miss, to me, and especially given that nearly all of his time there, they were playing in just a laughably bad facility. It's, it's insane to me to think that Andy Kennedy – uh, I believe it was called Tad Coleman, just a Hoffines-esque. And I love Hoffines Pavilion. I'm not trying to use my public forum here to say Hoffines, but he was playing in a Hoffines-esque facility in a league significantly tougher than U of H was playing in much of his time in Oxford. If anything, his time in Oxford, and certainly his first two years at UAB, you know, make me think that Kelvin Sampson has a worthy coaching foe. On the other sideline, yes, certainly – U of H has a coach with a lot more significant March experience than Andy Kennedy. But I would also argue at least the last few years, Kelvin Sampson has had a lot more comparably to work with than Andy Kennedy had at Ole Miss. And, you know, I think in just two years, Andy Kennedy has done more for UAV basketball than really any coach there post Mike Anderson has done. And just that he turned it around so quickly. You know, I think, I think bodes well for what he's doing there long term, and I, I think could even get Andy Kennedy, you know, in a year or two in the discussion for some bigger name jobs again. But he's doing really great stuff as all a modder. I think anyone who's saying it's a wild mismatch between uh, Andy Kennedy and Kelvin Sampson in terms of coaching, I think uh, certainly isn't giving Kennedy enough credit for a great job he's done this year with UAB. Nice mention of Mike Anderson. It's a Mizzou guy. I, I got to see him up close for a little bit uh, before he took off, but. I want to get some rapid fire questions for you guys. And I'm going to ask you to take off your red sunglasses to start with. And maybe I should put my red sunglasses on. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But uh, let me ask you, uh, we'll start with Dustin and we'll bounce from Dustin to Sam on all these. Uh, Dustin, tell me how far the Cougs can realistically go with this. And without the red sunglasses, are we talking Sweet 16, Elite Eight, Final Four? What do you think? I think they can get to the Sweet 16. Um, I think uh, facing they would what face Arizona there. I think is going to be a, a tough matchup. I wouldn't predict them uh, to win that one if I'm being honest. So I'll say Sweet 16 is probably as far as I see them going. 
I would agree with that. Arizona is a tremendously talented offensive team, maybe the most talented offensive team in the entire field of 68. And we you know, have seen teams like that, certainly uh, worse versions of good offensive teams in Alabama and SMU at different points give Cougars problems this year. So I would agree with Dustin, sweet 16. All right, Dustin, then Sam, again, give me one player that you think is a key and why. And I'll start with Kyle Edwards. And one word for you guys, shooting. What do you think, Dustin? I like Kyler Edwards. My one person is going to be uh, Josh Carlton. Uh, I think he needs to uh, to have a big game. You know, I mentioned Trey Jemison, the big guy for UAB. You can really play some defense, but I think behind him is uh, a lot sketchier. So I think if uh, Josh Carlton can get Trey Jemison in foul trouble early, then uh, he's going to go wild and uh, maybe score 20 points. I'm going to say Jamal Shedd and my one key turnovers. You saw in two losses to Memphis, the really the only two regular season games where the Cougars got, I would say, badly outplayed by an opponent. Turnovers really gave the Cougars problems. It obviously wasn't, you know, Jamal Shit and Jamal Shit alone turning the ball over, but you know, that stability at point guard is gonna go a long way, you know, against what I think will be, you know, so hopefully multiple tougher defensive opponents than we've seen from the average AAC team. So I'm gonna say Jamal Shed and uh turnovers. This could be a Josh Carlton layup, but Yes or no? Does Sampson play more than eight guys, Dustin? Uh, no. Are we talking the UAB game? Yes. I'm going to wish cast a really big Cougar win where Sampson goes to Ryan Elvin, Javier Francis, and Robbie Armbrester at the end. So I'm, I'm going to be <laughs> optimistic and say yes, uh, but I think, uh, I think it is probably a Josh Carlson layup if, if, I'm, uh, if I'm taking off my red sunglasses. Dustin, the one thing that could stop the Cougs is what? What could stop them in this tournament? You know, I think foul trouble is, is the thing that scares me the most. It is like we talked about this. I love Houston starting five. I think they had five all-conference caliber starters. Um, you know, I even I don't like some of the things that are getting off on the bench. I think Ramon Walker showing some good stuff. You know, Juwan Roberts, great rebounder. Reggie Chaney, uh, toughness. But, you know, I think that there's a, a significant drop-off. Uh, going from the starters to your bench. And there's uh, obviously an even more significant drop off going from those three guys to uh, anybody else on the roster. So that foul trouble, man, you can, it all, all it takes is one game of uh, getting some guys in some foul trouble. And all of a sudden now uh, your season's over. I was actually going to say foul trouble, but I will switch it up because I think this one is very important as well. Freebies. This was a really poor free throw shooting team, like one of the worst 40 or so in the country this year. And those that kind of poor free throw shooting in close games or the ability to go against tendency and shoot free throws well, you know, could help the Cougars uh, in the postseason. Yes, I agree with that for sure. Um, Dustin, did the Cougs cover Auburn? I mean, UAB at eight and a half. Eight and a half. Uh, uh, I want to say no. I, th- I think uh, I think UAB will keep it close. I think it's going to be a competitive game. So uh, I'm going to say no, they don't cover eight and a half. I'm going to say no as well. Um, I would expect the margin to be around six or seven points when it's all said and done. So I think it's going to be a Cougar win, but I think it's going to be closer to six or seven than, uh, than eight and a half. I've also been absolutely terrible at predicting when this team does, doesn't cover. So uh, take my answer with a grain of salt. I'm saying no, because I'm usually wrong when I try to guess how this <laughs> team is going to do against the spread. So I'm just, just putting the reverse jinx out there. Fair enough. I was going to say no faith in Vegas or maybe not, not so much in, in, in your Cougar predictions, but uh, next up, Dustin, is Kelvin Sampson the NCAA Coach of the Year? You know, I'd like to say, again, when you're asking me to take off my, my cougar-tinted sunglasses, uh, there's some other uh, good jobs that are done out there. I mean, there's, 
you know, I think two or three guys in the big 12 alone that uh, I think deserve to be in the conversation. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to say, yes, I, I think given uh, what Houston has had to, uh, to deal with uh, adversity wise and the way that they've, uh, they've gone, uh, I'm going I'm to go ahead and say, yes, uh, he's got my vote. If I, if I had one, even, even trying to take off those Cougar sunglasses, he still looks uh, pretty dang impressive what he's done this year. I will preface my answer by saying, I think you can make a very good case for Kelvin Sampson's coach of the year. I don't think there are two or I don't think there are more than three better coaches in the country this year. I would have a hard time arguing him over two guys in particular, Tommy Lloyd from Arizona. That team went from being, I know they're self-imposing a postseason ban, but even if they weren't, they weren't an NCAA tournament team last year to go from that to, having a good case for the number one overall seed and also someone very near and dear to Dustin's heart, TJ Otzelberger from Iowa state, taking a team from two wins to, I would say fairly comfortably in the field uh, as an at large, you know, I think as much as Kelvin Sampson did something unbelievable here, I don't know if I could taking my Cougar red sunglasses off, make an argument for Samson over Otzelberger or Lloyd, but that would be it in terms of guys who I feel like have done a definitively better job than Kelvin Sampson. That's, that's what a good job Kelvin Sampson's done to go 18 and three, including the conference tournament games without Marcus Asser or Tremont Mark, I think is not something we would have conceived of uh, uh, back in late December when we found out those two guys weren't going to be there the rest of the year. And also Berger didn't even win big 12 coach of the year, which is an absolute crime. Appreciate the honesty with that answer. Uh, let's go to the next rapid fire one. Is Tajay Moore an NBA player if Kelvin Sampson got his hands on him four years ago? Okay, uh, you know what? I think, yes, I, I think there's a good chance of that. I think, well, I mean, I don't know. I think because it goes back to he had like five or six surgeries on his leg. So if Kelvin Sampson gets him and therefore uh, he happens to not have those freak injuries that he had while out of Bakersfield, uh, I'm going to say yes, at least under that scenario for sure. I would, I would say yes. We're probably talking about a, you know, a two-way guy, you know, a guy maybe – you know, filling out the end of the roster, but I mean, filling out the end of an NBA roster still means you're one of the like 0.0001% of the best basketball players on this planet. So I would say yes as well, while echoing what Dustin said about, uh, about just some freak stuff, uh, probably playing a bigger part in Tajay Moore, not being as you know serious of an NBA prospect than anything in terms of his actual game. Man, he's an incredible passer. And if he could shoot right now, I feel like teams would would salivate over his athleticism. And yeah, I love watching him play. And yeah, I think he, he would be a, a definite NBA player if Kelvin got his hands on him. Who wins the NCAA tournament, Dustin? I'm putting you on this, but you haven't even filled out a bracket yet, you're telling me? Uh, so... Yeah, I'm actually picking. I'm not picking Arizona to go all the way. So that is part of the reason I'm a little bit skeptical about Houston uh, going all the way. I like uh, what Arizona's doing. Uh, so that's that's my uh, my rapid fire pick. I like the Wildcats. I'm gonna say Gonzaga. I got to see the Zags here in person out in Vegas, and the way they dismantled St. Mary's with Shed Holmgren playing his absolute worst game of the season, Drew Timmy only being occasionally involved. That they have, you know, those two legitimate All American level guys. And those two guys can go missing and they can still comfortably dispatch, you know, a good opponent in St. Mary's and that they were as close as they were last year. You know, I know Gonzaga isn't as freakishly good offensively as they were with last year's team uh, with Jalen Suggs and that group of guys. But I think the Zags avenge last year's uh, championship loss, get over the hump, uh, win the whole thing. Although like Dustin, I'm extremely high on Arizona. I agree with 
Arizona. I, I was very high going into the tournament and was not happy when I saw them in U of H's bracket. And I am very skeptical of the Zags because Timmy plays some defense sometimes. That guy is an awful defensive player and you win championships on defense, but I love to watch Jet Holmgren. Um, I've got the DVR rolling every single time. Last thing, speaking of Chet Holmgren, who should be the first pick of the NBA draft? That's my last rapid fire, Dustin. What do you think? Oh, man, I'm not enough of an NBA guy to have a strong opinion. It seems like Holmgren's got a pretty good chance. He has been uh, pretty darn impressive this year. So uh, I won't uh, pretend like this is based on a huge knowledge of having scouted all the uh, the candidates there, but uh, Holmgren is, uh, is my gun to the head pick. No, no, no Auburn games on your uh, DVR or anything like that? No, I, I tend to uh, watch more of the teams that Houston plays. So I, I've uh, unfortunately, I, I've watched, uh, I think, one Auburn game this year, but uh, I like Holmgren a lot from the uh, couple games I've watched with them. Some foreshadowing. I actually, I have Auburn's uh, Javari Smith as my top pick. Not that Holmgren wouldn't be a uh, a good good pick uh, with a number one overall pick, but I really just, I, I love the whole package that Javari Smith has, both the post skills and the ability to shoot from the perimeter. And he got teed up that one time for jawing at Jim Beheim, which I think just, uh, just guarantees is a first class guy, but that's just, <laughs> that's just my own personal biases on Beheim. I, I think uh, the, the bigger reason, just, I, I don't think even as bigger guys, but you know, it becomes more in vogue for, you know, guys six, eight, six, nine or taller to have a perimeter game. I still think Jabari Smith uh, has an exceptional perimeter game. And I think a more developed uh, low post game than uh, Holmgren, my co-host answer. Final thoughts, guys, anything else that we missed, anything else that's worth watching for the Cougars or, things that you're thinking about with the tournament no just i mean honestly uh excited to see uh, the coups go and it 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 weirdly feels like i don't know it, it kind of has felt all year like there is maybe a cap i you know I've, I've said all year i thought houston was a national championship contender uh before the injuries to sasser and mark you know i'd say probably less so i would uh, describe them uh, after those injuries but i'm um, just still unbelievably excited about the program the future uh being extremely bright not only with the move to the big 12 but um, with the extremely highly rated recruiting class coming in, uh, where Houston's basically, you know, it's a three-man uh, high school class where the third-rated guy, Emmanuel Sharp, would have been probably the best uh, player in just about any other uh, class that Kelvin Sampson has brought in. So um, it, it, it is nice that it feels like being a little bit disappointed about a five-seed is maybe the uh, the floor for what this program uh, can and should be for the foreseeable future. I was just going to say one one last hurrah for three guys who will be out of eligibility after this tournament. Uh, Tajay Moore, Fabian White Jr., and Josh Carlton, who have all they've they've played a big role in this year's success from the word go. Even when Sasser and Mark were were still part of the team, but what what they've done after those guys went out is just nothing short of extraordinary. And I, I really, yeah, I really hope I hope if nothing else, people don't lose sight whenever U of H does lose in this tournament. Because I think Dustin and I both uh, unfortunately think that the Cougars end their season will come before uh, one shining moment is played and a champion is crowned, but it's, it's unfreaking believable that this team won a conference and regular season championship without its two best guards. And I think Kelvin Sampson's had a lot of really great coaching jobs since he's, you know, gotten to Colin Boulevard, but I don't think any of the previous seasons come close to this one that, and that that this team was able to do what they were able to do, you know, I think regardless of what happens Friday night or any subsequent games that may or may not be played, I just I think it's been an unbelievable testament to the character of the guys in this team and the coaching acumen of Samson and his assistants that that we're talking about Houston Cougars 
as a five seed without two of the program's better players. Be honest with me. I mean, was there a tear or two when Fabian White checked out that final home game, the standing ovation, all of that? I'll be honest with you. I wasn't expecting it. I got a little choked up watching that. Yeah, bizarrely enough, someone right next to me started cutting onions in the Fertitta Center as that moment happened. I don't know what happened, but I definitely was uh, getting a little uh, a little dusty in the eyes uh, with that moment. It was, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it's it was bittersweet to uh, watch Fabian White go. As you know, many people have said, it, it feels like he's been around uh, for forever at this point. It's going to be weird to see a program uh, without him now in the near future. Yeah, he's really the bridge between U of H's previous era. And, I mean, he he joined the program while. Kelvin Sampson very clearly had started to get things turned around. But I mean, Fabian White's freshman year was the season we played at TSU. Fabian White's freshman year was our first at-large team in 30-something years. And just Fabian is the last guy in this roster that bought into the vision of Kelvin Sampson and Cougar men's basketball before you had a few NCAA tournament teams, before you had a sparkling state-of-the-art arena to play in. And that's, I think that's why Dustin and I, and you know, you and, Everyone else that's followed this program the last several years just got so emotional just to see see him go and just what his time at U of H has represented. I got to cover him in high school back at Atascacita. So it's been a long journey for me with him and just cannot be more proud of what that guy was able to accomplish considering everything that he's been through. Um, just in- incredible stuff. And uh, I can't tell people enough that if you're a Cougar fan, and you want to know everything that's going on, it's the Scott and Holman podcast, 24-7, 365. I can't get into, with everything that I'm doing, into baseball and what's going on with the incredible track and field program and uh, football recruiting and all of that. But these guys do it. Uh, Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Always love having you. Yeah, always a pleasure, Robert. Uh, Good to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for having us. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.